0: Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours and what a crazy week Week 16 was. Just when you think you know everything that's happened in the NFL is going to happen, it all gets turned on its head. Everyone thought that the Steelers and the, the Seahawks were the hot teams going into the playoffs. They fall down. Four different starting Texas quarterbacks from the last two years won a game and Green Bay are apparently terrible. Just threw that one in front. Of you. This is the Gridiron Show. Ollie, I'm hoping desperately that while sat at home, you are doing all of the dance moves still.
1: I am definitely.
0: Go on, show me your moves. I'm... (laughs)
1: I'm doing it
0: uh now can you get back on microphone again (laughs) yeah this is the good show in association with sports travel tour sports travel for sports fans buy sports fans don't forget with the single tickets coming out for the games next week you can check out their fantastic packages hotels tailgate party all inclusive really good fun loads of stuff in there as well ollie what a mental week in the nfl i broke it yeah, well, you would be broken. We went to watch the, um, yeah, we went to watch the game at the Hippodrome and I don't want to really call it a game. Uh, Green Bay got absolutely mauled by the Arizona Cardinals who, despite having Rashad Jones out for this game as well, continue to prove that they are the most balanced team in the NFL. But we'll get on to all of that as well. So much happened in week 16. Arizona clinched a bye week. Washington clinched the NFC disgrace title. Cincy clinched the AFC North title without even playing a game of football. Minnesota in the playoffs. Kansas City in the playoffs after a nine game winning streak and after tonight's monday night football there's a very very strong chance that the houston texans could already be in there if the bengals beat the broncos they'll be in there on strength of opponent wow bizarre who saw that coming plus philly gone jacks gone giants gone steelers can't win the north Falcons gone, although briefly looked like they might make it in there before, you know, the desecration that happened uh, with the Vikings and the Giants. So, so many games to get to and so much to talk about, Ollie. Plus, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl worthy teams who you'd like to see win it now that your team is knocked out of the playoffs.
1: Or can't win it like Green Bay.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, you made the joke before I got a chance to, but exactly my thinking, Ollie.
1: Well, yeah, look, it's self deprecation is the cornerstone of all British humour.
0: Excellent. Uh, there are a couple of different things to mention, uh, a couple of news stories to get to uh, as well. But, Ollie, I mean, uh, did you have an enjoyable and wonderful Christmas period festival? This is our first show back. Merry Christmas to everyone.
1: Oh, happy Christmas. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I spent it at, at work uh, and oh. ill. So. You know, I have being paid to be ill and at work and not be around my annoying family who are all residing in Norwich, waiting for my giant sister to pop a baby, which is two weeks overdue.
0: Oh, Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She she can't wait to get this thing out. We had a I, I, I say a thing that's rather insensitive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty spot on. Uh, we actually had a, a tweet in from Floss on a Christmas theme saying christmas cake or christmas pudding preference and reason merry christmas guys Hashtag gridiron.
1: always cake oh listen pudding you've already had all of that food and then you've got to put this stodgy uh, and christmas uh, cake oh. isn't stodgy no christmas cake can be nice light and fluffy with lo- little bits of fruit in it you're Lovely. mental
0: christmas cake is literally christmas pudding with marzipan and icing over the top of it
1: oh yeah that's christmas cake okay sorry yeah you're right but i'd still go christmas cake because i love marzipan i didn't just mean generic cake i thought you meant like a victoria sponge with a little bit of fruit in it no it's an actual christmas cake i know the one you mean now it's because i didn't have any christmas cake this year it's something that you always have with old people isn't it
0: yeah no doubt my mum makes one every year not that i'm calling my mum old but she makes cracking christmas cake every year yeah sorry Mumma gavin apologize (laughs)
1: I love marzipan. So anything with marzipan always rules something without marzipan. Oh, obviously. Obviously. Well, you go pudding.
0: Pudding all the way. Pudding every time. Get pudding out. bit of brandy butter, bit of cream or or custard. Uh, it works with all of them. You have it I hot. I love brandy butter. Have it hot with the cold custard on top of it. Delightful oh. stuff. It's it's the, it's the one. Again, my is mum it makes a great Christmas pudding as well.
1: Apart from a trifle, is it the only time that cold custard is acceptable?
0: No. Absolutely not. The rule is hot pudding, cold custard.
1: Bullshit, man. No, no way. Because you can have an apple crumble with warm custard. Wrong. And it's glorious. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're
0: wrong and you're a grotesquely no. ugly freak.
1: Oh, so, so you'd have warm cream with your warm, uh, with your warm apple crumble or Christmas pudding?
0: Why are you making my point for me? No, why would you have warm cream? You wouldn't have warm cream. You'd have cold cream, just the same way you'd have cold custard. It's about the juxtaposition of both the textures and the temperatures.
1: No, 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 no you're wrong. I think cold custard is, is only right when it's with, uh, with Christmas pudding. I agree with you on Christmas pudding, but when it's with uh, a trifle as well. Otherwise, Listen, ladies and, and gentlemen
0: of the podcast jury, let me put it to you a simple way. This man prefers carbonated water over still water how can Fizz-water. you trust his opinion on anything
1: i think you'll find it's called fizzy water uh, will gavin keskula diff you're a diff
0: the fact of the matter is on this not only are you wrong but you've just guaranteed that you're never getting invited to the gavin household for christmas Oh, why? Not the Gavin, sorry, let's be honest. Not the Gavin household, i.e. me and Sarah, if we do a Christmas at ours, look, we're looking at buying at the moment, if we do a Christmas there, of course you'd be welcome round.
1: Yay!
0: But I mean to Mama Gavin and Papa Gavins.
1: What with, uh...
0: The hot custard, <laughs> cold custard debate has gone on for many, many years in the Gavin household, and I'm afraid cold custard wins every time.
1: No, I said cold custard's okay with Christmas pudding. No. I just don't think that it's okay with anything else.
0: I said the words every time, my friend. Every time.
1: But Mama Gavin loves me.
0: Not anymore, she doesn't. Don't tell her. Actually, it's not Mama Gavin who cares. It's Papa Gavin all the way. Oh. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, but you're out. Uh, let's talk about some actual football. Uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, before we get onto the games, there's a couple of big news stories. First of all, just breaking in the last uh, 10 minutes ago or so, Marcel Reese will be banned from the next four Raiders games, which means oh. he'll also miss the Pro Bowl as well for a PED violation. Marcel Reese, my favourite fullback. What have you done?
1: You're an idiot. Everyone's favourite fullback is, uh, John Coon.
0: Kuhn. Kuhn. Please don't say that on the podcast, this is a family-friendly podcast and you've ruined it for everyone.
1: Okay, sorry. Um, that's a shame because Marcel, Marcel Reese has actually been really, really good. Really good on third downs this year. And um, he, when Latavius Murray has been a bit, of, a little bit crock, a little bit sick, he's carried that Raiders rush, uh, rushing uh, offense. So silly, silly boy. When will these NFL players have ever learn?
0: Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, what, but while we're on drug talk, the obvious huge piece of news well, from the my weekend... What's my favourite drug?
1: (laughs) No, I'm joking. Carry on.
0: You're ludicrous. (laughs) Uh, Whilst we're on drug talk, Peyton Manning uh, has been accused of using HGH, human growth hormone, whilst not illegal, is banned in professional sports, including the NFL since 2011, the same year that according to a documentary by Al Jazeera America, the star quarterback used the performance enhancing enhancing drug to aid his recovery from multiple surgeries. Manning is not alone in denying the allegation of HGH use, the doctor and even the source who made the claim to Al Al Jazeera reports the claim to be false. That in itself concerns me in a big way. The fact that he is the, the doctor who, not the doctor, but the source who went to Altitude in the first place, is now saying, oh, no, no, I lied. That suggests to me that maybe somebody's got to him, but I don't. I can't make those sorts of allegations. I have a lot of thoughts on this Al Jazeera report. I've now watched the. um, I've now watched the documentary. Um, Mm. Peter King's uh, Monday morning quarterback column is an excellent read this week because it gives the chronology, the facts, everything about the story so far. Now, I wouldn't be shocked at all if each of the players named it wasn't just Peyton Manning did use H D H or other substances in two thousand and eleven. It only just become banned. Testing was still not a reality in the NFL. And when it, where it was, it was still not concrete. Uh, you know, uh, thanks to Lance Armstrong, I've learned to not trust anyone in sports. I loved that man. I loved the book, It's Not About the Bike. I really genuinely believed, with all the drugs testing he was going through, that he was clean. Um, but now I find out that they just had very, very sophisticated techniques to cover it up. I was duped, just like much of the world was, that this hero wasn't really a hero. So that concerns me and that makes me uh, puts me immediately on the side of the fence of being worried that this is true i genuinely hope it's not but at this point uh you know uh, lance armstrong himself said extraordinary allegations must be met with extraordinary proof at the moment we have no proof at all let alone extraordinary proof it's the report from a former intern it's only clear when he was there looking to sell products or impress a former athlete uh, like naming other stars to clients it's it's absolutely ridiculous that we take the word of this one person over anyone else, but I think it's worth investigating into further it's one of those things that we can't talk about in a huge amount more depth until we know more. I just wanted to kind of give my little thoughts on it
1: no and I'm glad you did it's It's a really iffy icky fishy story it's it's there's there isn't something quite right. But we don't know what, and legally we can't really say much anyway. Uh, even though different country and all that, but um, uh, for me, I can't see if there's any chance of Peyton Manning playing again this season. How the Broncos could put him in with th- this kind of thing hanging over him? I think it's. I think it's all really. I think there's there's too much. There's too much to it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it it, it it all seems rather strange
0: no doubt no doubt at all right let's move on and talk about the games and you talk about the Denver Broncos we we'll talk about Peyton Manning tonight's game has huge implications for all of the playoffs and obviously we'd love to be recording this after Monday Night Football as always we'll, try, we'll drop in a little segment from me straight after this after the game and we'll put it out tomorrow morning but of course the Broncos if they win this game they put themselves in a position where th- uh, they could still be in contention for the number two seed they would have and the Pats, the number one overall seed, and make it very easy for everyone to have a lovely time. Um, the Bengals, by winning, guarantee both the Pats and the Bengals get through. They get, their, they get their bye week, and then the Bengals could still take the one seed on the final weekend. Denver then slip into a position where on the final day of the season, they could lose their playoff position altogether. I mean, admittedly, they would have to lose on the final week of the season as well as losing tonight. And I'm going to be honest, I'm saying this now, I favour Denver and that defense over AJ McCarron, even if it's Brock Osweiler in an average running game that are propping up their offense. I think, like I said last week, I think this will be a grotty, low-scoring game. But I just fancy that Denver defense to do it. Ollie, before we get to my report on it, where I'm bound to be completely wrong, what were your thoughts?
1: It's a, it's a, an inc- in a really intriguing, incredible tie because Broncos lose, they go to ten and five, they're level with the Chiefs. They then lose at, uh, against the Chargers next week, and the Chiefs win. The Chiefs take the take the division. Who knows how that would leave the Broncos? Then maybe slipping out. The Steelers coming in. It's fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Um, I wonder what happened, Will.
0: Well what a bizarre and brilliant game in Mile High last night. To Marcus Webby, AJ McCarron to a fumbled snap in overtime to send the Denver Broncos into the playoffs with a twenty to seventeen win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Basically exactly what I said was gonna happen. A low scoring game with Denver defence doing it for them. But that wasn't the whole story. Of course we have Brandon McManus who shanked a forty five yard field goal at the end of regulation, which made it necessary to go to overtime at all. He called it the worst kick of his life. But actually the fact is that the first two drives of the game the Bengals went out there they drove and they went to 14 and 0 up and AJ McCarron looked fantastic Jeremy Hill was getting going in the run CJ Anderson bouncing to the outside I really thought Cincinnati looked so impressive to go 14 nothing up Broncos pull it back with the field goal and then they come out in the second half and Brock Osweiler suddenly starts lighting things up both quarterbacks on the night looked brilliant and actually there's this really hilarious thing kind of happening with the AFC now whereas beyond Tom Brady our starting quarterbacks in the AFC uh, against to be brock osweiler aj mccarron brandon whedon alex smith and ryan fitzpatrick it's hardly a murderer's row when you consider that the people are going to be missing out going to be peyton manning through injury uh ben roethlisberger potentially uh philip rivers joe flacco these are the kind of guys that could be missing out whilst the nfc we've got carson palmer aaron Rodgers, russell wilson cam newton all kind of prototype quarterbacks so that was something that was kind of particularly fascinating to me after the game brock osweiler Uh, It was announced would continue with his job next weekend and potentially into the playoffs as well. Whereas Andy Dalton, we're hearing it's unlikely he's going to be playing in the playoff open. Now, we don't know whether that means... Wild card. we don't know whether that means because it could all change again next weekend but right now it looks like the Bengals will have a home wild card win a chance for them to lose on the first Saturday or Sunday of the playoffs again and if that is the case Andy Dalton will not be available, much as I speculated previously, I think if they get the buy and they get Dalton come back for the second week of the playoffs for the divisional round, then I'm really excited for what this Bengals team can go and do but AJ McCarron, particularly in the first ch- half, showed real fits of what he can do and what he potentially can achieve. Whilst, you know, the Broncos' defence were at times unbelievably good yet again. So, a fascinating clash in Mahai. High. It sets things up for next weekend. It puts uh, an em- emphasis on the NFC side, probably, in terms of the playoffs and on the seeding in the AFC. So, really looking forward to next weekend's playoff games. But let's get back to the studio to me and Ollie and get the rest of our thoughts on Week 16. Thanks for that. That was Monday night football. Now let's work our way through the weekend games. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with we, we Chargers Raiders. There's not a huge amount to say from that game on Thursday night. Obviously, we did the show before that. But genuinely, I don't think there's anything we need to talk about there. Uh, I, I, it was lovely to see Charles Woodson get his big send-off. That was fantastic. But these are two teams who are irrelevant right now. However... Saturday night football. Thursday football on Saturday night. A game where Kirk Cousins owned the Eagles so badly, he decided to take the winning kneel down at (laughs) halftime. Incredible. Uh, Worst of first in a terrible division, in an NFC disgrace, is still worse to first. Well done, Washington. Kirk Cousins throwing for four touchdown passes and a season-high 365 yards as they beat the Eagles 38-24 to on Saturday night to clinch the NFC disgrace title. As we say, not much else I really want to say about this game. I think the Eagles showed to be just the kind of team they are. Bradford, an incredible first drive. Genuinely, when they drove down the field on that first drive, I, I thought... We've got a real... And Ryan Matthews punched in the touchdown. I thought, we've got a real game on here. Then we get Washington score on their next two possessions. Oh, this looks like it's going to be an absolute slugfest. Then nothing happens in the second quarter. The Eagles kind of fall apart of it. They get some junk time at the death. But ne- the biggest outcome from this game is that next weekend, Chip Kelly going up against Tom Coughlin with Odell Beckham back on the field in the Lose and Go to London Bowl.
1: Yeah, I think everyone, both of those teams will be doing anything they can, everything they can to try and win this game because wow. they don't want to come to London. Who does? I mean, I mean,
0: harsh words my friend. This look, is a fine city.
1: Like well, a No, that's Norwich. That's the strap line for Norwich when you drive into it. A fine city. Who is <laughs> <Was> it really? <laughs> Here it
0: is. Yeah. totally ludicrous.
1: Twinned with Novi Sad and Koblenz.
0: amazing I love that you know all of that Tenniel actually tweeted us asking who will be the head coaches on the sideline at Twickenham next season it's interesting because Coughlin obviously is at a point where with his age every year we seem to have people uh, discussing whether or not he'll be out of the job but I genuinely feel like if he chooses to stay on I don't see the Giants getting rid of him he's been there for so long and really who else do you bring in at this point Gates yeah maybe
1: yeah I think that could work quite well for... I think you probably uh, need a
0: good... Honestly, though, I think you probably need a good defensive coach. I think your entire offense is Eli Manning throws up the ball and Odell Beckham catches it. You want to get a decent running back in if there's somebody uh, in the middle of the first round who's worth picking up. I don't actually see that there's a talent that I think will be there at that point. I think Zeke Elliott goes earlier than the Giants pick and then not really anyone behind that that I'm too hot on. And then... uh, you you probably think uh, you want the defense to improve. And then on the other side of the ball, I think that the Eagles will stick with Chip Kelly another season as well.
1: Uh, I mean, I suppose they have to because so much is invested in this and he can say, look, it was a whole new group of players and they're just bedding into my system. But that's been one of the biggest disappointments and letdowns this whole NFL season. All of the quarterbacks going down, um, running backs getting injured, All the Eagles, the Eagles have been so disappointing. But I want to talk about Jordan Reed. What a career uh, day for him. Uh, Two touchdowns, 129 yards. Is he the second best tight end in the league right
0: now? I, would say he's the second best pass catching tight end in the league when he's fit. Yeah, I would actually put him up there. I think Greg Olsen's had an incredible season. Uh, I think Delaney Walker's actually been really impressive for the Titans, being the only weapon they really have there. But Jordan Reed, uh, he's work on those two touchdowns. Uh, as we've said many times before, get in the red zone, throw it to Jordan Reed over the middle. He's going to get you a score. It seems to happen time and time again. But in this game, he also added big chunk yardage to it. He made big plays. He's, he's good. He's not a bad blocker either. His pass protection is quite underrated, and I saw him pick up a couple of blitzes against a strong Eagles front seven, with the likes of Fletcher Cox and Michael Kendrick coming off the linebacking core. You know, they've got guys who can, uh, who are fast there, who can rush the passer, and he picked up the blitz a couple of times in a big way on uh, on Saturday. So I I love Jordan Reed. I have never tried to hide that. I just desperately hope he stays fit. Let's. Talk about the Sunday games and a series of gargantuan upsets, starting with the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. We thought there was no way they don't go undefeated at this point. All they've got to do is beat the terrible Falcons and then the below average Bucks. And what do they do? But they go into Atlanta and they show, just like with many of our other games this weekend, divisional games are never easy. They beat this team 38-0 Two f- weeks ago.
1: <laughs> They've ruined it. They've ruined it all for us. They've allowed the Dolphins to remain smug. I don't know how you can remain smug about being a team that's won, you, you know, that went undefeated however many years ago. Was it 40, some, 40 something years ago? 72. That's annoyed me. Um, i know
0: uh, i love that the popping of the champagne corks every year and the ah. thing is don Schuler obviously had something invested in this because mike shuler's done uh, such a great job this season with cam newton with those terrible receivers but yeah i i uh i love that they do that every year still i dislike it what what uh, just shows what an incredible achievement it is that 43 years later 44 years later whatever it is nobody has beaten it yet
1: wasn't it two or three less games though
0: two less games doesn't matter
1: yeah. Ah, Well, yeah, okay, maybe it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, Carolina, they just, we, I think we mentioned it, that they did, the games were getting closer, they were scrapping out wins, and it just so happened, I think they've just run out of steam. Do you think that this game, losing this game, will actually benefit them in the long run, or or do you think it it could be the the wheels coming
0: off I'm not a fan of this rhetoric and I understand that people say oh the Pats didn't enjoy Super Bowl week when they went undefeated because there was so much pressure on them and it could have been the pressure that got to them when they lost to the Giants who were clearly a worse team on paper nonsense the Panthers knew that history is on their side here they had an opportunity to go out and set historical records for their franchise go into the record books go down in history as one of the great all-time teams and they didn't do it and I think that can only be a negative for your side I do not believe that to be a positive I I, I would much rather have seen them go out there and, do, and I actually think we've got to give a lot of love to the Falcons for this performance because we've said all season and we said it last weekend worst per- pass rush in the lead Vic Beasley absolutely destroyed Cam Newton and an offensive line that's protected him so well this year. The lack of running game is killing them. No Jonathan Stewart. Ted Kinn Jr. was put in star coverage. It was unbelievable. Devontae, not only did they have Desmond Trufant following him around the field, but they also had the safety covering on that side as well. This is Ted Ginn we're talking about. He was taken out of the game. It was bizarre. It was a great defensive performance from that team. Julio Jones, what a catch on the 70 yard touchdown. It must be said that he got above Luke Keekley, and a lot of people were like, oh, look at him out-jump Luke Keekley. It's pretty amazing that a linebacker managed to keep up with Julio Jones, one of the fastest receivers in the league. Let's not completely cast shade on Luke Keekley for his performance here. All in all, the Falcons outplayed the Panthers. I just, I desperately want the Panthers to go on and win next week and continue a run going. I love the Cardinals at the moment, but this was, uh, this was a tough loss.
1: I'm going to throw a little stat to you uh now will gavin of the teams that started 6 and 0 when they lost their first games the four teams that started 6 and 0 when they lost their f- their first game they ended losing the very next game the pats did it when they were 10 and 0 the bengal's at 8 and 0 the broncos at 7 and 0 and the packers at 6 and 0 the panthers hit- these things come in fives <laughs> they, they yeah that fives.
0: that world famous phrase these things come in fives <laughs>
1: yeah exactly the buccaneers are up next The Buccaneers losing to Chicago was annoying in itself, but uh, I can't see them losing against. uh, I can't see the Panthers losing against the Buccaneers uh, next
0: week. Had the Cardinals lost in Green Bay and they'd locked up the one seed, regardless, I actually could have seen the Panthers doing the resting of the players, which everyone was talking about so much before they lost. Um, But yeah, the, the the fact is is that they didn't. They, they didn't get locked at that one seed. They'll throw out all the starters next week. They'll probably have Jonathan Stewart back and all will be well.
1: And they've got the bye. They've got the bye. So they've got whatever they've got a, a week off to rest. They just don't want, want any uh, injuries. Um, when it comes to the Falcons, this kind of performance is sort of five or six weeks too late, isn't it? It's just so annoying for Falcons fans that this has happened because how good they looked against the Panthers, like, why didn't they have that kind of performance in the last? you know four or five six weeks
0: if they won these two games back to back three four weeks ago you'd still fancy them for the playoffs and actually going into the late games they still had a shot of the playoffs but that never came off for them they're going to finish the season you know nine and seven possibly even uh, possibly even down at eight and eight and that's the sort of team they are i don't think this falcons are better than an eight and eight team but vic beasley really showed what talent he's got i'm excited for what that defense could be next year once dan quinn has had a chance to build more around it i think the falcons are a team looking forward Ryan still looks like he's got a few years in him, as does Julio Jones. Give well, Matt-
1: Julio Jones, Will, he's it, got the most receptions in a single season uh, so far this this year, 127. That's just two behind Antonio Brown from last season. And Marvin Harrison, of course, has that, that, that lead, that record, 143 in 2002. If he has a big day next week, uh, next... uh,
0: (laughs) He's not going to beat 143 (laughs) next week. He could. That's only 17 catches. Only 17 catches. (laughs) That would beat Odell Beckham's record for most catches in a game he set earlier this season. Wasn't it Antonio Brown? Yeah, that's what I meant. What did I say? Odell Beckham. Yeah, no, I said Antonio Brown. I think you're hearing things. If people rewind this podcast right now, they'll hear me say Antonio Brown.
1: They'll they'll, they'll hear you say Odell Beckham. Uh,
0: Not if I edit it.
1: Uh, don't edit that
0: out. <laughs> no, that's, I won't. I did mean Antonio true. Brown. Sorry, apologies. Uh, yeah, it would have to be a ridiculous day for him to do that. Look, let's crack on. Let's go through the rest of the NFC. There were a couple of other huge upsets. And this game wasn't an upset. I think a lot of us, if not all of us, said the Cardinals were going to win this. But Arizona sacked Aaron Rodgers eight times, returned two of his fumbles for touchdowns, and a dominant 38 to 8 victory carson palmer threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns before being pulled in the fourth quarter because it was such a dominant performance dwight freeney had three sacks calais campbell two and a half Corey Redding. oh it was just glorious from the cardinals i love this team we asked the question later on which team do you want to see go to the super bowl if your team are out of it i expect the cardinals to feature high on people's list they are great to watch the same cannot be said for your Green Bay Packers,
1: Ollie. Oh, this was a beatdown. This was, it was, it was embarrassing. Two, uh, strips, strip sack fumbles from, uh, from Aaron Rodgers taken to the house, uh, for, 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 six points. Um, it got to the point where after the, each one of those, you, you just didn't want Green Bay to have the ball back because you felt, you feared for Aaron Rodgers and, and, and everybody else. The Cardinals were incredible. The pressure that they brought on uh, on Aaron Rodgers. I think it was he was hit 14 times. Uh, he was dropped 11 times. He was sacked eight times. Uh, Scott Tolzien picked up that other sack, that other final one. The 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 Cardinals' defense were just all over them. Backed that up with some incredible play by uh, the the Japanese fighting fish, Michael Floyd, <laughs> uh, David Johnson. Carson Palmer was fantastic. Jerome Brown, John Brown, no one's ever seen him at the same time in the same place. It's just, it was just incredible. Can
0: I I query? Can we start just referring to Larry Fitzgerald as what he is, which is a pass-catching tight end?
1: He He is. well, Well, I mentioned it last week. Some of the stuff he's lining up to do is is it's a tight end his blocking formations.
0: was his blocking oh. was phenomenal today his um his catch for the touchdown was a tight end route a central route up against the linebacker catching it falling back into the end zone it looked like a tight end touchdown he's big he's strong he makes the blocks that's what he's playing like right now when they don't have a tight end who have they got like daniel fells yeah, Jermaine
1: gresham and daniel fells daniel fells didn't get a, a catch yesterday Jermaine gresham did the f- japanese fighting fish I mean, he's all over it. It, it. Hall of Famer. I love that guy. Have you seen um? Have you seen the Kurt Warner uh, sporting life uh, football life thing?
0: Oh and, man, the the Kurt Warner football life. Uh, one of the best. Nearly had me in tears about four times.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, the uh, the Japanese fighting fish is in it, and uh, you just really warm to him. And that's kind of how you feel about the whole of this Cardinals team. They lose Tyron Matthew, but that didn't really seem to matter whatsoever because who they brought in, just plug and play. And that defense, that defense we've been talking about for two or three years now, it is absolutely outstanding. Back it up with that offense. There's a wonderful stat I heard on around the NFL. The, um, The Cardinals have more touchdowns this season than they have punted.
0: That That's is, that is properly ridiculous. Right, moving on to their NFC West rivals. And the Seahawks are the hottest team in the league right now. Russell Wilson's playing like an absolute superstar. Well, for the first time in 71 consecutive games the Seahawks never held a lead as they lost at home 23-17 to the St. Louis Rams. The Rams have dominated them this year. They go 3-1 over these two NFC West teams. They're bound to go 2-0 over by beating the 49ers next week. They're going to have a 5-1 divisional record but finish the season at 8-8. That might be the best divisional record for an 8-8 team ever. They just there's something about them that means they play Seattle, they play Arizona, they play San Francisco. All right, you don't have to play San Francisco tough, but you know what I mean. Uh, I just it a ridiculous performance. And do you know what was more impressive than anything else here? Is that whilst the Rams obviously uh, had nothing huge to go on offense, I think they only had 207 total yards all in all, they kept the Seahawks down to below 230 yards going into the fourth quarter. It was only thanks to what ended up being garbage time, although it brought the Seahawks back into it, that put Russell Wilson up to a respectable day. Prior to that, they made him look very, very, very average. Akeem Ayers, who he loved last year when he came into the Patriots, had a phenomenal day. Uh, Hayes, where well, he's come out of nowhere. Three sacks on the day today. Uh, Michael Brock has continued to be good. Aaron Donald c- continues to be good there's an argument that they put a blueprint in place for how to beat the Seahawks and it's by pressuring Russell Wilson and without the run game the Seahawks look very 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 average today but I don't know if there's another team in the NFC who have got a front four as good as the Rams and it's going to take that kind of pressure maybe it's the Cardinals after what they did to Green Bay this weekend but it's going to take that level of pressure to make the Seahawks have this sort of performance. And for me, I feel like for Seattle, they're going to use this as some fire to come back and absolutely kill the Cardinals next week.
1: Well, that's incredible. The Cardinals um, host the Seahawks next week. And wow, that is a game.
0: It won't it, happen. The Cardinals wow. will win. I just tried to make, I tried to make it more exciting than but, it was. But, but that's it. Cardinals it, it, it's, will win.
1: it. You have made it that exciting because it is that exciting. It's <laughs> such an exciting game. And this is because the St. Louis Rams showed how you beat Seattle, and that is by constant pressure, constant fighting. I think there were two, um, two false fumbles or two fumbles, uh, from, um, from St. Louis. I think one by Gurley, one by, uh, Foles. Both of them recovered by the same guy on sort of consecutive, um, on consecutive drives, and that's Tim Barnes. And it, it was just, it was just incredible the way they hustled, um, how much pressure they got onto everybody. I, I loved it. It was a wonderful performance by, by the Rams. Todd Gurley, he's the first Rams quarterback, uh, running back to go over 1,000 yards since Eric Dickerson in, in, the, in the early 80s. This guy is going to be a star. 85 yards yesterday, one touchdown. I can't wait to see him play next year.
0: Do you know what? The fact that Doug Baldwin obviously had a... Um, uh, obviously had the one touchdown but overall Russell Wilson was held in check today and in fact you saw it more than any other time uh what you saw him go back to early season Russell Wilson was when he had that forced fumble because he tried desperately to extend the play when he could have just gone out of bounds he could have thrown the ball away he tried desperately and desperately to extend the play ended up fumbling the ball recovered by the Rams that was what proved to be the killer turnover in the game. So Russell Wilson of the last five weeks where he has been the best course back in the NFL, even including the likes of Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, over that short stretch of time, if you can do that to him again, you can make the man pay. Now there's a...
1: Amazing. Did, I want to ask you about um, uh, the Johnny Hecker. Did you
0: see see what he what he did? <laughs> did he bump was it Michael Bennett that he bumped over no, no. or was uh, Cliff was Cliff Averill. Averill. Yeah, amazing. Like- Cliff Averill sort of sort of almost
1: ran into him um, and Johnny Hecker just smashed him to the ground. Very funny. On the very next punt, uh, Johnny Hecker was hustled by I think it was Cliff Averill again and, and, um, Michael, Bennett. and Michael Bennett and he decided to kneel down go on the floor because he got a bit scared. Very funny. If you can find it on NFL.com or somewhere, go and seek it out. Very funny.
0: He folded like a cheap deck chair, sat on by my fat ass. Yes.
2: Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sports relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is our winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit you can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. sportrelief it's game on. This message was brought to you by ACAST.
0: Yes, uh, there was a final game in the NFC and then we'll talk about next weekend's playoff picture. Adrian Peterson ran for 104 yards and a touchdown over three quarters. Harrison Smith... Pro Bowl snubbed Harrison Smith, took one of Eli Manning's three interceptions to the house and the Vikings clinched a playoff spot with a 49-17 victory over the Giants in a cold cold Minnesota. There's not, I, To be honest, I don't want to go too in-depth in this game. I think that the Giants look bad without Odo Beckham on the field. That's pretty easy to say. Teddy Bridgewater has put in three really good performances in the last four weeks, which has been a surprise considering where he was four or five weeks ago. I didn't see him as that kind of course back they are a team who can beat green bay and they are a team who can get a playoff win potentially but as asked to us by uh, uh, by a couple of people on twitter and also uh, as proposed pretty much anywhere else there's a fascinating situation here where you could ask next weekend they have flexed this into the late game it's going to be just like we said vikings against packers except When we thought the Seahawks were going to win this weekend, it didn't matter what happened with the Cardinals. Now, if the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, they are playing for whoever wins has to play the Seahawks, and whoever loses gets to go and play Washington. Whoa. Would you rather lose to the Vikings for the easier playoff game? That's my question to you, Ollie. No.
1: no, I'd never want to lose to the Vikings. We've beaten the Seahawks already. The Seahawks would have to come back to Lambeau where we've already beaten them. We'd end, we'd have to go to, to Washington. And Washington, they on paper it, it does seem an easier game, but Washington have got a bit of the momentum and they've been playing okay football recently. So no, I would rather win, beat the the Vikings, go into the playoffs with a bit of momentum, and then take on the Seahawks. That's the Seahawks who will have just been trounced by the Arizona Cardinals. So that's where that's where I stand. Where would you stand?
0: I uh, I yeah, as a neutral, I'd rather watch Seahawks Packers um and Vikings Washington. I think those are more even games. I actually think the Vikings, even though yes, they've just beaten a Giants team who've had some big wins this year, they've done it without Odo Beckham. And even though we saw the Vikings finally Have all of their defence back and look impressive on that perspective. And finally, we've had Teddy having some sharp weeks recently and looking more impressive. What's their statement win? What's the win where you're going, oh, this looks like a really good team? Is it over the Raiders? Well, the Raiders had already fallen off. Is it over the Bears? Like, is it? Well, they beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now a playoff team, but they beat the Chiefs during their terrible run. I just they don't I don't see it. I don't see where their big statement win against a good team is. Last time they faced the Packers, they got their asses handed to them at home. They now have to go into Lambo and go up against the pissed-off Aaron Rodgers. I expect the Packers to win and set up a fascinating clash with the Seahawks. A revenge game for last year's NFC Championship game. And man, I would love it if they could beat those Seahawks. I don't know if you have the defensive line to do it. Mike Daniels maybe, but uh, I would like to see you try. Very much
1: so. I'm going on that, um, where's their statement victory? Also, they've had very, um, they've lost to the teams basically above them. If it were if it were a league table, so they've lost to the Broncos first game out. When it when they put on a little run, uh, it, in came the Packers and the Packers trounced them. Uh, they they bounced back with it, with a win against the Falcons when we all thought the Falcons were all right, but against the Seahawks. Against the Cardinals, both at home, they lose. And, you know, uh, the Vikings, when the push comes to shove, they're not, they, they can't get over the line in those big games, in those tough games. And I could see them losing at Washington. I really could.
0: Let's go on to the AFC and talk. Patriots, Jets. Did the New England Patriots lose this one specifically to make sure the Steelers go out of the playoffs? Could that even be possible? Because let's be honest, when they drove down the field to level this one up at 20 apiece and they shut down the Jets in the fourth quarter, you're watching this game and you're going, overtime. if the Patriots get the ball back first, they'll drive down the field, they should get a score, they should beat the Jets here. And Belichick chooses to kick. Why? I think... ...he thought he was being clever. Now, he did it once against the Broncos in the playoffs a few years back. I say a few years back, it was like 2001 or something. But a few years back, he did it against the Broncos in the playoffs. And it paid off for him. It was a very windy day. He chose to defer. I think you could defer then. Or well, they basically, they restaged, they didn't receive the ball, but they got to pick the end they went to. They stopped the opposition. They went and got the field goal. They won the game. He was thinking a similar thing here. But there was no wind. The Jets have got those two big receivers... Yes, you shut them down in the fourth quarter, but in the first half, they were uh, played a very, very good offensive game plan. And then just six plays, bang, 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 bang. Patriots, you could be out of the one seed. Jets, you're more than likely going to the playoffs. This was... A bizarre decision the whole if you didn't follow what happened on the field and i think by this point everyone should have clarified it but this is what the nonsense was on the field the referee said about the coin toss uh you want to kick right he said that first before matthew slater got to answer and people are kicking off about that that's because belichick not only told slater five times off the field we want to kick and slater kept saying are you sure Are you sure? And he's like, yes, (laughs) we want to kick. Are you 100%? Slater's
1: like, come on. Come on, boss. Really?
0: Definitely? 100%. Yeah? Sure? No? Okay, let's do it. He also went to the referees and told them he wanted to kick. So the refs knew he wanted to kick. Slater got confused because he saw it as similar to deferral, where because they were allowing the Jets to receive he was then going to be allowed to pick which end it was but he didn't do he didn't defer because you can't defer on an uh, overtime kickoff as pointed out to me by mike carson on 5 live so he chose the kick so the jets got to decide which way that's why he kicked off because he thought he was going to get to choose the direction not because they were being forced to kick because they wanted to kick they cocked it up and quincy Uwa. Brandon Marshall, and finally Eric Decker's six-yard touchdown catch killed them off, twenty-six to twenty, and made that AFC race oh so tasty next weekend. Oh so tasty!
1: Oh my goodness, the Jets are a good football team. I love the Jets. Are,
0: I, I love Todd Bowles. Yeah, and I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Team and I, love, I love Brandon Marshall. We, we're going to talk about the Chiefs in a moment, and I just want to pay a little ode to Brandon Marshall right now. He's my guy. First of all, we should point out that you've mentioned him and we didn't do this. Oh, I put the long version on. Maybe we just let it be the music underneath. Can't give him the ball in overtime, guys. He's going to score a touchdown on you. Uh, I'm just going to leave that playing. Uh, Brandon Marshall though has caught 13 touchdowns this season he continues to be great in the first season to two seasons in anywhere he lands let's see how long it is before the Jets get annoyed with him but (laughs) much like the Chiefs I earlier in this fantasy season was 3 and 6 in our 14 man league Thanks to Brandon Marshall and my many other great players, I have gone on a seven-week winning streak to take the championship off of Brandon Marshall's touchdown this weekend. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for your season, and thank you ho, ho, magic. for everything you've done for me. Look, if
1: I was in the, in the studio with you, I would have definitely lowered your microphone on that horrendous, a humble brag about your own fantasy team Nothing that no one on. wants to hear. Brandon care. Marshall and Eric Decker both have a touchdown in eight games this season. That's the most by a pair of teammates ever in history. This is the best duo of wide receivers the NFL has ever yeah. seen. I mean, right.
0: okay statistically let's not statistically, go yeah, let's let's not go crazy <laughs> but they are statistically the best pair of receivers Look, potentially, the maybe. to win
1: the super bowl it will be
0: oh <laughs> all right mate where's Let- my
1: hysterical music there <laughs> well I, ha-
0: I have Fitzpatrick playing god damn it let's
1: get hysterical hysterical i want to get hysterical let's get into
0: hysteria's but what's amazing is that next weekend, and we'll do a preview later in the week, and we should have a phenomenal guest for our preview. I may be overselling that. Not based on the quality of the guest, but based on whether or not we could get him. If we get the guest that I've got potentially lined up, man, you're going to love it. But there's one man... Is it? that it? Effect- I'm not telling you. Tell I, don't you want to- I don't want to jinx it. Oh. But there is one man who affects the Jets' playoff. And he could ruin the Jets' playoff's hopes. There's one man.
1: Keep that in. You've got to keep that in. That's <laughs> no, really funny. Chances. <laughs> you know, with my tongue piercing, I can't do that anymore.
0: A real oh, loose one. Look, listen, <laughs> I can't do it. Amazing. This is going on the end of the podcast. There is one man who could affect the Jets' playoff chances and could ruin the Jets' playoff hopes for a third consecutive season. <laughs> As Tom Brady tells us, it's Rex Ryan and the Bills. The Jets go there next weekend. If they lose to the Bills, then there's every chance the Steelers sneak in. Heck, there's every chance the Broncos sneak in, in quotation marks, because we don't know what's happened tonight yet as we're recording this. Oh, man, that's crazy. But the reason that that's all happening is because the Steelers, the other team who are meant to be the hottest team in the NFL right now, well, Ryan Mallett... One of many Texans, let's just, I just, hold on, before I even get into this game, can I just point out, the 2014 starting Texans, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum and Ryan Mallett all won their games this weekend and Brandon Whedon for the Texans got his first win as a starter in 1,113 days.
1: Wow. Wow. What's happened to the NFL? What's happened?
0: Clearly, Houston is a quarterback uh, machine factory. That's the word I'm looking for. Clearly, Houston's a quarterback factory.
1: Bill O'Brien, the quarterback whisperer.
0: <laughs> Steelers, get back to that. Ryan threw for a career high 274 yards in his first start with Baltimore and led the Ravens to a 20-17 victory over the divisional rival Steelers in one of the biggest upsets of this long-standing rivalry. The Ravens now to five and ten had lost three straights the last two by a combined 69-20. But they turned it back. Around with a phenomenal performance, and they shut the Steelers down and they won. They won, making How? the AFC wild card all over the shop. This is crazy. Everyone was genuinely talking about the Steelers as if they were going to be the team to fear in the playoffs. But no, 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 no. It did not work out that way.
1: Listen, Ben Roethlisberger, when he's good, he's really good. He's three, four, five touchdowns, right? Sorry, that's my phone. <laughs> but when he's really bad, two interceptions, hardly connecting, short little, short little routes. You know, the the Steelers just weren't at the races at all. Can you turn the phone off, please? Well, no, it's on my it's on my computer. What <laughs> and if what I turn? Who are you receiving? Who
0: are you receiving messages from at this late hour?
1: I'm receiving them from my sister who's pregnant. Look, you'll get another one in Is a minute. Is she
0: popping a baby?
1: oh wait is she oh my god uh, live live news
0: live baby popping it was josh hunter by the way who asked if the packers or vikings will try and lose to avoid the seahawks or do they want home field we should give a shout out to the person who put that tweet out there look this is it was a shocking all-round performance from the steelers uh she's it not was a baby. huge dense she's not having a baby no no not yet Okay, uh, they were considered the most scary team going into the playoffs. They get beaten by Ryan Mallett and a four and ten uh, Ravens team as they were going into this game. Roethlisberger did not play well. This kills their momentum, and they're probably out of the playoffs now. Crazy, crazy, crazy!
1: How good is uh, the Harbour guy? It was I always How forget his name. How good is the Harbour guy, John? Yeah, yes. Cal- well, I say Harbour because I didn't want to sound stupid in exactly. getting and then saying the wrong Harbour, but now I've realised that I might have made myself sound stupid by saying the Harbour guy.
0: Never, never, mate. Let's just call him the <laughs> Harbour guy from now on because he's the only how- Harbour.
1: What, what a great coached game from him, huh? He's
0: the only Harbaugh that matters to us now. Did Harbour beating the Mighty Steelers with basically a preseason team prove he's one of the very best coaches in the NFL, Calast? Yeah, I think he is probably based on his body of work of the last. Eight to ten years, the second best coach in the NFL after Bill Belichick. I With genuinely believe that. Music. No, there's no need for the hysterical music. If yeah, anything, well, we should give him an award. He... Who's, who's better? Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, there's guys who have flashed With and been ball, brilliant.
1: Super Bowl rings, but they're failing away. Tommy Koff. Yeah, Yeah, Tommy Koff. No one likes Pete Carroll.
0: Uh, Oh, we didn't actually talk about that with the Seahawks game. Pete Carroll behaved like a petulant little (laughs) child. He does it at least
1: once a season,
0: at least. As I said on Twitter, he behaved like a petulant child for the whole game. But then maybe I would behave like a petulant child if I got horrendously outcoached by Jeff Seven and Nine Fisher. That was... Hilarious. We actually, uh, Andy got in touch with me on Twitter when I put that out there. Said he never rated Carroll as a head coach, lucked into an outstanding group of players and a very good defensive coordinator in Quinn. That defense has definitely undoubtedly gone downhill since, um, since our man, uh, since our man Dan Quinn in uh, Atlanta now left town. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Apparently Mike Holmgren is interested in coaching the 49ers. No, thank you. Uh, That's just breaking news that's come out now. Yeah, we're the kind of people who can can put that breaking news out there.
1: Yeah, well, if it's uh, 49ers breaking news, because you'll always somehow shoehorn it in. I must apologise to everyone for words disgraceful Homer behaviour.
0: That's kind of Packers news. He's an ex Packers coach.
1: Yeah, well, for. Yeah, okay, fine.
0: (laughs) Right, Chiefs. Chiefs. g and they're going to the playoffs come on the chiefs absolutely loving it love this defense love all those guys we chatted to in the locker room i actually got in touch with uh our buddy brad on the uh, chief staff this week to see if we could grab an interview this week we're hopefully going to get something set up for during the playoffs because they're so inundated with media requests this week from local media because everyone is loving the Chiefs right now. Alex Smith threw two touchdown passes as the game clock finally stopped with Johnny Manziel held and they beat the Browns in a quite a grotty game, 17 to 13, but it doesn't matter. They knock them off. They go to 10 and five and they still have a chance to win the AFC West. Oh man, I'm loving the Chiefs. Uh,
1: should Johnny Manziel,
0: should he just be a cor- uh, running back? Because he
1: seems to have much more um, luck on the ground than he does on- through the air.
0: I feel like it's boring for us to be talking about this for a second week in a row, but he was brilliant on the ground this week, 108 yards off 11 attempts. I He's... Uh, that's the kind of quarterback he's going to be is escaping the pocket he makes his best throws outside of the pocket as well Uh, he didn't get a touchdown today he was picked off once as well i um i like i said last week i don't want to keep banging on but i think they have much bigger holes there there's not a quarterback in this draft that you'd start week one Go out, build elsewhere. Keep Johnny there because you're going to go four and twelve again. You're going to maybe go five and eleven with an improvement. Maybe Johnny turns into a great NFL quarterback, or maybe he just is an exciting stopgap for the next two years until you find a franchise guy. That's how I feel he should be used. He just needs to be wrapped in cotton wool, hidden in a basement somewhere for the next six months, and then let out for preseason.
1: Yeah, and that's enough about uh, the, the Browns. The Chiefs, though. Wow. Yeah. We love the Chiefs here. Did you tell them? Did you tell the Chiefs people that we love them?
0: Well, uh, admittedly, Brad, this is where uh, I, I said we're so excited that, uh, that like what happened in London that you guys have gone on this run that I mentioned to him that we had loved having them over. We really wanted to talk to them again. They'd been some of our favorite guests of the year, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. I, I laid it on reasonably thick. I'll admit that Brad got back to us and he said uh, we de- he he." he basically came back to us and said, um, look, he said, hope things are going well over there. Sadly, we have to pass at the moment. We've got such a long list and a backed up on requests right now. Maybe we can try something in the postseason. But we really enjoyed coming over there and it kind of helped us kick-start this thing. So, look, it's the official word from the Chiefs. Coming to London, put them in the playoffs.
1: And talking to you, Justin Houston, defensive captain, talking to you after the game... I think it's down to Gridiron and London.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to take personal claim for Gridiron, but I'm going to say it's down to London. Uh, the other team who probably tied up their uh, their playoff position this weekend, despite the fact that the Colts beat the Dolphins 18-12. to Do you know what? That's all we're saying about that game. Charlie Whitehurst came off the bench and then went on season-ending IR. That's the other thing we're going to say. <laughs> The Colts are probably going to end up staying Ollie at quarterback next week. They need to have 10 different results go their way to make the playoffs over the Texans. The Texans will probably be there before they even play on Sunday night. But they uh, made their way to the playoffs with Brandon Whedon scoring his first career rushing touchdown, throwing for two, and beating no routing no destroying the texans 34 to 6 on sunday they're now at 8 and 7 they wrap up the regular season by hosting jacksonville they couldn't clinch outright because of that colts win but this was an impressive performance they forced turnovers which gave them 17 points. Quentin Demps returned a fumble 33 yards for a touchdown less than 2 minutes into the game, putting Houston into a lead that they would hold for the entire game. It was a season high in points starting their fourth different quarterback of the year. Uh they the Titans went to 3 and 12 and are looking more and more likely to be picking up in that one or two position. They're a bad football team. The Texans probably going to the playoffs and well done to them.
1: I think I I'd quite like the Texans out of that terrible AFC disgrace. I think they are the best team to go there. They're the most exciting to go there and a team to go there. And I'm saying that even though they've got Brandon Whedon as their as their quarterback. But JJ, what I think he deserves a playoff game. So, yeah, good for them.
0: Good. Uh, Let's, before we, there's four more games we can rattle through very quickly and there's not a huge amount to say about them. But what we did ask on Twitter is if your team are out of the playoffs, who do you want to win Super Bowl 50 and why? Now, Ollie, your team are basically out of the playoffs based on the way they're playing right now. Who would you want to win Super Bowl 50 and why?
1: I would like to see, oh, this is so hard because I really love the Cardinals and the way that they play. But actually... I would like to see the Chiefs win it. I love the Chiefs. I gutted for Jamal Charles and the way that he went out. But Alex Smith is a nice quarterback. Um, I love the way that they play. I love their ground. I love their. I love their fans. I love the Chiefs. Chiefs all the way, baby. How about you?
0: just an excuse to quickly play again uh i uh, i i'm massively leaning towards the cardinals i'd like to see either the cardinals or the panthers come out of the nfc uh, but the cardinals are the most exciting team to watch from the afc side of things my big thing is i want it to be a team that haven't been there recently haven't managed to do it before the cardinals are without a super bowl win the uh the bengals have been twice lost both times to the 49ers both times uh they're There's teams like that. I don't want to see the Seahawks. I don't want to see the Patriots. No offence to fans of those teams, but I really want to see somebody rise up and win this from a position that it was unlikely they were going to do so. So I'm going to go with... If Andy Dalton comes back, I want to see the Bengals win it. But I don't think they can do it if he doesn't come back. He was, Is that just ginger love? That's partially ginger love, but it's also love for what they've built there. I love Hugh Jackson. He's probably going to go in the off season. I think Dalton has developed into a high-quality NFL quarterback this season. His deep ball has shown the most improvement of any facet of any quarterback's play in the last 12 months. I love what they do. And then on the other side, I really like the Cardinals, and I really like what they do. So it, I would say I want it to be that style of matchup. That's what I would like to see when we go out there. I'd like to see it be new teams, the enthusiasm of new teams, much like the Seahawks had two years ago in New York when it was so exciting for them and their fan base to have built this great team and to be going there. And that's what I want to see again this year from a team who haven't been there for a long time or maybe have never won it at all.
1: Can I give a little uh, storyline for you? Ooh. 50 years ago, Super Bowl One, the Kansas City Chiefs were beaten by the Green Bay Packers. 49 Super Bowls on. In the 50th Super Bowl, Super Bowl 5-0, we could see the Chiefs back there. Wouldn't that be wonderful?
0: The 49 year in the making revenge game.
1: Well, they didn't they lose the next one as well?
0: The 49 year in the making revenge game. Don't ruin the storyline, Ollie. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm not, I'm not. You they, just did. It's, 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 it is written. It will be Green Bay versus Kansas City again.
0: Right, let's rattle off through uh, what the other people, uh, what other people are saying on Twitter. Simon Day with tongue firmly wedged in, Chief, I imagine, says Houston. Brandon Whedon deserves a ring to cement his legacy. Uh, Neil Dutton, a bit more seriously, says the Cardinals love how they play the game and just so much respect for Bruce Arians. Adam Foxtrot-croft hashtags anyone but the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> quite like me, Adam Foxtrot. <laughs> dun, dun, dun i don't know if that's a foxtrot or not
1: i don't know what it is but he told me off for just calling him adam fox adam fox <laughs>
0: says hashtag anyone but the cheatriots. kevin blackburn i want kansas to win it how they've rallied from being one and five to ten and five d playing out of its skin and O just doesn't turn over the ball mike white the mike white says carolina panthers attended my first live nfl game in charlotte in 99 and they immediately became my Quote unquote second team. Loved their run in 2013. Would love it more now. Gary Taylor. They've been so much fun to watch this year. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Rob Fussy joins in with Adam Fox and says, anybody but the Patriots. Uh, Rich Walker gives his ideal Super Bowl matchup. He wants to see Jets seahawks jets is another shout actually that we didn't mention there but i i'd quite like to see the jets go all the way first year without rex ryan that would be funny to me i'd love to see the fitzpatrick decker marshall combo going out there and winning the super bowl but he says Jets, seahawks magic against wilson revis versus sherman marshall versus Baldwin, baz 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 Bowles (laughs) Bowles, <laughs> Bowles, Todd Bowles versus Carroll and Michael Bennett getting all up in everyone business. <laughs> he didn't write it like that. That's just what I put in there. Uh, Ray Skeet says Minnesota.
1: Why would he say Minnesota?
0: Because they're his other half's team. Thank you for finally biting on that cue. He says Panthers and Patriots look to have injuries at the wrong time. I pick Denver, but with Osweiler, that probably has to be rated as... Hysterical! Hysterical! Thanks for the hashtag, Ed. Uh, Rob comes back and says, seriously, I think that's after he said anyone but the Patriots before. I'd like either the Panthers for Cam Newton, who's been brilliant, or the Cardinals for being the best all round team. And finally, Liam says, Green Bay, because I backed them before the season began. Selfish. Failing that Seattle to get Fred Jackson a championship ring.
1: Oh, That would be Fred Jackson, who's barely done anything this year.
0: I, I kind of feel the same way about... Uh, I feel like the Patriots have specifically only gone out and uh, and signed friend of the show, former guest of ours, uh, Stephen Jackson. Really good fun when we had him on before. Uh, I'm just double-checking what his snap count slash touches slash rushing was this weekend. Yeah, he had seven carries for 15 yards. 2.1 yards a carry. He's not he's gonna back! Be, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be lighting things up anytime soon, but I kind of feel like the Patriots just brought Stephen Jackson in because the new fan i go oh i really like stephen jackson and he had such a bad situation in st louis oh wouldn't it be nice for him to win a super bowl wouldn't that be nice
1: no uh, no it's, it'd be a sympathy charity <laughs> <Super Bowl game. laughs> you no,
0: that? Uh, i love the way you said no uh, there ollie i might clip that up for a later usage
1: how did i say it
0: are you a kind of a, no, uh, uh, no
1: well no i've got a bit of a cold
0: look, you know there are four more games, and we promise to talk about every game, every week, as much as possible. Who did we promise this to? I, have, I think it was Matt Sherry we promised it to. Uh, Saints... Saints knocked the Jacksonville Jaguars out of playoff contention, passing for 412 yards and three touchdowns. uh, Drew Brees, despite an injury, and beat the Jags, as I say, 38 to 27. Brees, who tore his plantar fascia ligament during a loss to Detroit last Monday, showed no ill effects on the normally painful injury. Tim Hightower, who missed the previous three seasons because of a knee injury and subsequent complications, consolidated his recent resurgence with 122 yards and two touchdowns. And the Jags' offense, all right, Blake, bortles passed for four touchdowns all of them seemingly in an extended version of junk time uh he continue him and the combination actually we have to very quickly mention alan robinson 90 yard touchdown not deserving of the pro bowl eh not deserving of the pro bowl
1: it's a disgrace 151 yards the other Allen, uh two touchdowns 106 yards he's back from concussion Um, just Allen's. I just Uh, wanted to
0: mention, I just wanted to mention the Bortles throw on the 90 yard touchdown though, because the the play started, the 10 was the line of scrimmage. Uh, Allen Robinson caught it in stride around the 37, 36 yard mark and Bortles had about a five or six yard drop back. So basically he threw that ball 60 yards and it didn't look like it even bothered him. Just Tossed it up there into the basket in stride. It was a beautiful throw. What an arm this guy has. We're going to see, I think, more and more improvement from him as time goes on. Good win for the Saints, though. Uh, be interesting to see what happens with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Is this their last game in, uh, in New Orleans? Let, we'll have to wait for the offseason Arlen's. to find out.
1: Uh, Arlen, uh, can, key question everyone will be wanting to know. Is the man love, the man crush back for Bortles?
0: The man crush never left.
1: Oh, good. Great. Carry on.
0: Oh, Blake. With your sexy arm and your deep ball and your rookie receiving core. Ooh. How I love you, Blake Bottles. I'm starting to see why Mike White called me wacky.
1: You are kind of wacky, yeah. But then uh, I think we're both kind of wacky. That's why people I, like us I hate or don't that. like us, I, I, but I, still listen because they hate us. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I'm all right with that. If you listen because you hate us, tweet us at Gridiron. Uh, Kareem Carey scores two touchdowns as the Bears beat the Bucks, 26-21. And uh, I don't care. Uh, me either. They move to six and nine. They won't be getting the one. The only reason I care is I picked them for the number one overall pick before the season. That one has gone down the poor.
1: Uh, yeah i think it
0: has uh dallas cowboys buffalo bills bills 16 cowboys six
1: is, is there anything else to say about that than just reading out the score no, no. Uh,
0: mike gizilli had a good game again he's an interesting one to look at in fact the whole gillissey bills- Gilles- yeah well i don't know how to say his Gilles- name gillis lee Gilles- lee Gillisley.
1: Gillisley. Uh, I'd go Gillisley. Between
0: Gillisley, Carlos Williams, and Lashawn McCoy, they have a sexy backfield in Buffalo. There's stuff to build on there. The Cowboys, come back next year. You're drunk. Just, just don't even bother continuing this season. Oh, sorry. I kind of... Is that all of the games? We didn't really no, talk about anything. there's MD. one
1: more. You know Tell you've me. missed one out.
0: I, do, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: You know it. You know it. Do you want me to do this one? I
0: think that might be all the games, mate.
1: No, no, no. It's not all games because... The Lions beat the 49ers 32-17 and it just proves that the 49ers are a terrible football team. How much of this game did you see, Will Gavin?
0: Not a lot. I won't lie. I watched Red Zone in the early kickoffs and I haven't watched the highlights back yet. Because why would I do that to myself?
1: Why would you do it? Why? You wouldn't do it to yourself. Blaine Gabbert, will he be the man starting under center for the 49ers next year?
0: Probably What did? <laughs> hey, he actually didn't have a bad game. 225 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I thought that Harris on the ground had a good day. 6.6 yards per carry he averaged against the Lions defense, who haven't been bad against the run this year. Vance McDonald got his touchdown. Uh, he's been much improved this year as well. I'm clutching at straws. This was a great game from Matt Stafford, uh, a great game from Calvin Johnson, and Jim Bob Cooter continues to make that offense look like they're worthwhile in the NFL.
1: Eric Armstead said, that's shooting ourselves in the foot. We beat ourselves. San Francisco turned the ball over on downs on its next two possessions after that. Why are the 49ers just such a terrible football team? Is it because of recruitment? Is it because of people leaving? Uh, What is it? What, What has gone so wrong?
0: No one wants to hear my thoughts on this now.
1: Okay, we'll do it in the off season."
0: I think that's fair. We'll go through all the divisions in the off-season. That was an extended and ludicrous tease. We had a great question in from Simon Davis, which was not a question, more of a challenge, to create a Pro Bowl team of players that missed time through injury this season. Now, this podcast has already gone ludicrously long, and let's be honest, previewing the games for next weekend, there's probably only about four games worth talking about. So I want to take that question... And just put it in our back pocket and have you think about it in the week, Ollie. And let's try and remember it and actually come back to it on Thursday or Friday, whenever we put out the later in the week podcast, because all the games are, of course, are on Sunday this weekend. And then we'll talk about it in the next podcast. All right. Sounds good. I'm sending it to you now just so we remember. Okay. I uh, I think that's all we have to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I got it. I got your question, man
0: good work buddy good I work done that
1: live on the show i think
0: probably not. not is there anything else you want to touch on anything else you want to talk about any final thoughts sir
1: no happy new year to all of our listeners um thanks for sticking with us in this inaugural season or inaugural year half yeah it's been a year hasn't it about six months of, of the gridiron show uh, we love you all
0: buddy it's nowhere near over yet we have I week know. 17 We've then got weeks of playoffs. We're then going to be bringing you a podcast every single day during Super Bowl week with interviews from Radio Row, from fans out there. Oh my God, it's going to be so exciting. Plus, hopefully... Next week on this very show, we will have an announcement about our London Super Bowl party. Please don't book your tickets for elsewhere yet because we promise we have something very special to announce for you when we finally can do it. There are some forces acting in a way that means that we can't quite do so yet. That's that's
1: another text. Sorry. But um, I would say our Super Bowl parties are a bit like sports travel tours. It's for you, by you. We are fans and we put on the best parties because we are fans
0: so thank you very much for listening as always at gridiron to follow us on twitter don't forget the final week of the gridiron predictor game gridiron magazine.com predictor game get involved win yourself a hat if you win the weekly competition and you've been going on the week by week competition it's still tight at the top there's still a chance to win it with all the upsets this weekend there's still every chance you can win it we'll bring you all the updates from that on the next show otherwise ollie any final thoughts
1: No. Any final thoughts from you?
0: No. Thank you very much for listening. This, as always, for you, has been The Gridiron Show.
2: Gabby Logan here and I'm pitch side at Welland FC where Suki and his mate Simon have arranged a kickabout to fundraise for sport relief. It's 11.47 on a Sunday. I think some of these players are a little worse for wear. But they're here, they've got their kit on, they're kicking against injustice and smashing poverty right out the box. They're still 2-0 down though. Oh, but would you look at that goal! you can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sport Relief, it's game on. This message was brought to you by ACAST.